What's up and welcome back. It is episode number 24 of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. I'm Dan Ball. And I'm Matt McAuliffe. And Matt, it is the most wonderful time of the year for oh, college basketball fans. It, it, for college basketball fans, yes. It, it's March Madness. Yeah. It, it, it's every way you turn, there's a game on the TV. Whether you're at a bar, whether you're at someone else's house, whether you're at work, it's always on. <laughs> so it's it's fantastic. It's fantastic. And uh, luckily here at Quinnipiac, we do have one of our basketball teams participating in the March Madness. It is uh, Quinnipiac Women's basketball we'll we'll break down a little bit more about that we have uh something featuring them as part of this episode we'll talk more about that later but uh again you know it's a it's a great time of year uh we hope that you enjoyed last week's episode so that was um you know we were kind of figuring out what we were going to do while in albany as the episode was happening is that was last week at this point right yeah i was losing track of my weeks yeah it was like progressively yeah adding to whatever we had <laughs> and then uh i put this out uh, a couple days ago, but Matt and I recorded uh, our rundown from a hotel bed at the Renaissance, which was just lovely. It was it was, it, it it was, was kind of one of those things like, wow, we're really we're really living this dream as as <laughs> as journalists and members of the athletic department doing this. But we it was a lot of fun to be able to be with that team during their MAC championship run. As members of media, it was it was a good experience overall. I mean, to travel somewhere and to. Being a different location, covering a team that we enjoy and representing the Quinnipiac name well was a lot of fun. And I, you know, I got to give give credit and thanks where thanks is due to all of the fans of the athletic department and the women's basketball team because you know Matt and I were were pumping out content left and right between videos and podcasts on multiple different platforms. We did a, a Facebook live show for the first time after the the championship was won at the like the banquet after the game, and everything went off without a hitch. the The engagements were amazing, so. You know, I want to pass along our our collective thanks yes. uh, for everybody who who engaged with our stuff because it, it was great to see the the impressions continue to grow as the team continued to move further. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, we can't do this without them. So the fact that they are enjoying it as much as we are, yeah, it makes a beautiful relationship. And Matt McCall, if we're recording this on Tuesday, March nineteenth, the episode is going to drop on March twentieth, and by the time the end of the week comes, we're going to be up in another city in New York. Pumping out more content. We'll be on the road again. <laughs> so we're working on our podcast plan for next week. But in the meantime, we're back here in our studio in Hamden, Connecticut, recording the rundown for you. We have a bunch of teams to get to, not just women's hoops. Everybody's playing in both winter and spring sports. And we got all of it in the week that was in Quinnipiac Athletics. <laughs> The women's outdoor track team, they kick off their season on Saturday with a meet at Stony Brook, so best of luck to that team as their season is officially up and running. Women's basketball is ready to do battle in the 2019 NCAA tournament. They found out on Monday that the team is headed to Syracuse, New York for the first two rounds of the tournament. They got the number 11 seed in their bracket. They play number 6 seed South Dakota State. If they win, they'll play the winner of number 3 Syracuse and number 14 Fordham. The winner of that group of four heads to Portland, Oregon for the Sweet 16. For the third season in program history, the Quinnipiac women's basketball team has received a vote in the Associated Press Top 25 poll after winning its third straight conference championship as announced on Monday. So a lot of great things moving in the right direction for the women's basketball team as they start to dance over the weekend. First game is Saturday at 11 a.m. You can watch it on ESPN2 or listen on WQN.
Now for the men's basketball side, the Bobcats dropped their opening round game on the CollegeInsider.com postseason tournament to the New Jersey Institute of Technology. The final score was 92-81. to Cameron Young, good at basketball, led the way offensively with 29 points on 11-for-19 shooting. That's pretty, pretty good. He finishes his Quinnipiac career with 1,350 total points in 70 games with the Bobcats. That's setting a new career program record by averaging 19.3 points per game. Also pretty good. Also pretty good. But, Dan, that ends the Bobcats' season. And nothing to hang their heads about for the Bobcats. They had a fantastic regular season run, got into the MAC tournament, and you can already tell that you know things in year two of the Baker-Dunleavy era are continuing to move straight up. Absolutely. This is a team that is growing, and once we finally get a full Baker-Dunleavy recruiting class into this program, that's going to be a dangerous team to watch in the MAC. The men's hockey team, they dropped their ECAC quarterfinal series to Brown over the weekend. They fell on Friday in overtime by a score of 2-1. to one. Carlos Chuxta scored the lone goal for the Bobcats and Andrew Shortridge made a career-high 38 saves. They dropped another one-goal game on Saturday by a score of 4-3. to three. Alex Whalen had two goals while Craig Martin had the other. Whalen had an assist on Martin's goal and it looked like from the way that they celebrated, I thought Alex Whalen had the hat trick originally because there was a tip off of a Peter Deliberatory shot from right, the point. Right. And originally I was like, oh, that might be the hat trick for Alex Whalen, but Craig Martin gets the goal. Either way, so the Bobcats uh, their ECAC season is done, but five players took home all ECAC awards. Wyatt Bongiovanni and Peter Deliberatore made the all-rookie team. Odin Tufto made the all-ECAC second team. And Chase Prisky and Andrew Shortridge both made the all-ECAC first team. So congratulations to those five players. And Matt, I think I hear the siren in the background. Wee-woop, it is rankings update time. We go five, six, and seven this week. The Bobcats are number five in the pairwise, number six in the USA Today poll, and number seven in the USCHO poll. Those are the rankings for this week. The Bobcats await its NCAA tournament opponent at the selection show, which is going to be aired on Sunday, March 24th at 7 p.m. So hang on, folks. We'll find out in just about a week where the Bobcats are headed for the national tournament. The softball team, it may have been spring break for the students, but this team was busy over break. They split a doubleheader against Eastern Illinois on Tuesday, March 12th, before dropping a heartbreaker to Colgate on the 13th. Then they took part of the USF Under Armour Showcase over the weekend. They dropped games to Colgate 10-2, Florida A&M 6-5, LaSalle 11-1, Florida Gulf Coast 7-4, and Columbia 8-6. As we're recording right now, softball is playing at Boston College. They host Central Connecticut in a doubleheader Wednesday at 2 and 4 p.m. So that's a home game if you want to come out and support them. And that is games 1 and 2 of an 8-game homestand. So plenty of games to come out and support that squad. Baseball on the other side, they were down in Florida and Virginia over break. They dropped two games to Florida Atlantic last week, 7-0 and 7-4. They dropped a 10-inning game to Toledo on Friday, 9-8 was the final in that one. They dropped a game to Bryant, 5-2 on Saturday before beating Richmond to finish the weekend on Sunday by a score of 6-5. Junior Evan Volgamore has been named the MAC Baseball Player of the Week. Volgamore is the Bobcats' third straight weekly award winner after Andre Marrero on March 12th, and Chris Enns was the pitcher of the week on March 5th. This past week, Volgamore had a slash line of 526 with a 550 on base percentage and a 737 slugging percentage in five games over the weekend as he pounded out 10 hits, including four doubles. Volgamore had multiple hits in four straight games and ended the weekend with a double in four straight games. Baseball is back in Connecticut to play Yale on the road on Wednesday. That's the day this episode drops before hosting St. Peter's in a three game series on Saturday and Sunday. 
Now to acrobatics and tumbling. Now, Dan, Acro is on a two-meet winning streak. Now, this is after they were on the podcast. Does that have anything to do with it? Interesting. I'm not going to say it does, but it does. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to say it does, but it does. I'm not going to take all the credit, but I think we can at least split it 50-50. Right. They they put up 275 points. Can they at least give like .004 to us? I think so. As long as they can still win. Whatever's extra, yeah. Anyway, the Acro was on a two-meet winning streak. They beat King College on Thursday, 275.285 to 252.2 in ECAC competition on the road. The Bobcats recorded season highs in four of the six acrobatics and tumbling meets, posting top scores in the first four heats of the event. Junior Carly Duvall has been named the NCATA Specialist of the Week. This marks Duvall's first national weekly honor, just two days after she was named the ECAC Specialist of the Week for the first time in her career. The Bobcats are off until March 30th when they head to Erie, Pennsylvania to battle Gannon. We transitioned from acro to women's golf. The Bobcats competed in the Tar Heel Classic on Friday and Saturday. Back-to-back Mac Golfer of the Week, Queenie Lay, finished tied for 39th overall after a strong final round. The sophomore finished the tournament at 9 over par and finished higher than two golfers ranked in the top 100 nationally. She is one of just 30 golfers in the tournament to record eight birdies on the weekend, including three in the final round. The Bobcats are off until April when they head to Maryland for the Hoya in Men's lacrosse now. They kicked off their Mac and home schedules with a 12-9 win against Detroit. Foster Como and Jake Tomzik both recorded three goals to lead the way for the Bobcats. Freshman goalkeeper Nick DiMuccio made 17 more saves to help secure the victory. Lax continues their homestand with a game against Hartford, which is happening as we're recording this, before hosting St. Bonaventure and Mac action on Saturday. Women's Lacks, meanwhile, they were on the road in Fresno, California over the weekend. They dropped a game to Fresno State by a score of 13-7. Senior Allison Kuhn led the Bobcats once again with four of the team's seven goals in the loss. The four goals runs her season total to 24 goals and her career total to 104, which moves her into sixth all-time at Quinnipiac in career goals. Junior Megan Swazlowski assisted on three of Quinnipiac's goals, giving the Central Connecticut State transfer 25 points in her first seven games as a Bobcats, so a great start to the Bobcat career for her. The Bobcats kick off Mac play at Marist on Saturday with a game at 1 p.m. Now to women's tennis, and Dan, I'm getting a little jealous. They're back in California again. <laughs> women's tennis was in California last week and played four matches. They dropped matches to Claremont Mud Scripps Colleges, 7-0, Southern Utah 6-1, San Diego State 4-0, and California Riverside 7-0. They're back in action this Saturday at Harvard before hosting Fairleigh Dickinson on Tuesday. And the final team on our rundown and the team we're focusing on for today's episode is the men's tennis team. They also spent their week out in California and played five matches in a six-day stretch. They dropped matches to Claremont Mud Scripps Colleges 7-0, California Irvine 4-1, Purdue 5-2, UC San Diego 6-1, and California Riverside 4-3. They're off this week before starting up again at home next Tuesday, March 26th against Farley Dickinson. And today on the program, we are talking to the head coach of the men's tennis program, Chris Pappas. He also happens to be my legal studies professor. And we were talking about the men's tennis team before we started class today. And he was explaining to me, you know, about this California trip, because on paper, that's an 0-5 trip. That's a tough look. But when you look at the teams that they were playing, he said that he saw improvements from his guys through every match to the point where when they were playing California Riverside, it was only 4-3. to He saw a lot of things that he liked from this team. And one of the things he also told me is that he's got a 
lot of young guys on his roster that have made an immediate impact. Now, when you look at the score sheet, it says Purdue 5-2 to two and then California Riverside 4-3. to three. If you're winning matches, if you're winning games within and winning sets within that kind of match against that kind of opponent, yeah. it shows that this team are fighters regardless of their age. The two freshmen that we've talked about a ton, uh, Alistair Magali and Alexa Martinovich, those guys are both two freshmen. Uh, Magali from Hong Kong and Martinovich from Novi Sad, Serbia. So these are the two freshmen that he was talking about as two guys that he believes can be number ones on his team sooner rather than later. So uh, you could hear, we're, we're going to hear from Chris Pappas. I got a chance to sit down with him. We talked about how he got his start at Quinnipiac, how he's kind of, you know, managed to build his program because of course, you know, the women's team hasn't lost a Mac match since they joined the Mac a couple a bunch of years ago. So he talked about how he's grown his program and how he sees a lot of potential from the freshman and sophomore classes that came in. So that's the first interview. We're also including audio from Matt and I's pre and post shows. We did Facebook live shows for the athletic department at the People's United Center before and after the selection show for women's basketball last night. So we talked to Adele Thornton, Taylor Hurd and Brittany Martin in the post show we also have about 10 minutes worth of a pre-show where we break down the bracket that the bobcats are in and some more information about the tournament so a packed episode today i like the matchup yeah i I say it a thousand times on facebook live so i'll only say it once here okay uh so without further ado uh here's our first interview i sat down with chris pappas and here's what he had to say And we're back here on episode number 24 of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast, and today we're joined by the head coach of the men's tennis team, Chris Pappas. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great, Dan. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for uh, thank you for taking the time today. I know Absolutely. it's the, the busy spring season, and just uh, you know to give a little bit of context, so so I have, I, I should be calling you professor now, too, because <laughs> uh, I'm taking a, a Legal Studies 101 class, and you know, as a, as a journalism major, it's, it's something a little bit new. But um, enjoying it so far. So uh, actually, that's kind of the first question that I want to ask. I, I didn't have it scripted, but so y- you kind of keep juggle a couple balls in the air simultaneously during this spring season, right? Yeah, uh, both seasons, fall and spring. I yeah. do. Um, I teach. Um, I teach the LE 101 class that, sh- that you're aware of. I teach that in both the fall and the spring. In the fall, I actually teach two sections of FYS as well. Oh, okay. I also uh, do a fitness and leisure class, uh, beginner's tennis. I teach two sections of that, both in the fall and spring. And on top of it, I do have my uh, own law practice that I maintain um, as as well as coaching. So, yeah, I I keep a little busy. Wow, that's so. I mean, what's the what is like? What does an average day look like for you? <laughs> At least in the spring. Um, I'm assuming they're sleeping there somewhere. I know you also have yeah, a family. Yeah, so. everywhere I go, I'm a half hour late and should be somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's um, you know, I, I organize it pretty well. Yeah. Uh, the good thing is, is, is I'm up early and, and I get a lot of my legal work done. Um, in in the mornings, I I do mostly transactional work and real estate closing, so I have the ability to work from a laptop and while I'm here at Quinnipiac as well. Okay. But um, really, once the spring gets going, especially back from spring break, um, it, it's tennis. It's <laughs> tennis, 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 and uh, the teaching the class, the LE class that you're in, I find so enjoyable. It's just a break from the day. I, yeah. Uh, and and I enjoy the material. So um, you know th- that's be honest with you, it's a little fun for me. Yeah, well, <laughs> so, I was going to say, when, yeah. when did you get into get into teaching and decide to become a professor? Last year. Okay. Uh, last year. This is relatively um, new, yeah. Right. So last year I started, uh, a full year ago, uh, I started with the law class, and uh, I had been teaching the, the gym classes, the beginner's tennis, for about five years now. Um, and they were looking for somebody in the in the LE 101, which uh, I felt I was 
qualified for and went that route and it worked out and I'm glad I did. And that actually kind of spawned me into teaching a few sections of FYS as well right. in, in the fall. So uh, just to give a little background, fifth year as the, the head coach of the men's tennis team, sixth year with the team itself. Um, so, you know, we kind of like to do this with every one of our guests, but uh, the story of how you ended up coming to Quinnipiac and, and how you ended up uh, becoming a coach here. Um, coach Quicko. Yeah. Coach yeah. Mike Quicko was here forever and, and did such a great job and, and brought this program, both the men and women, to prominence. Um, he uh, asked me to come in. His last year, um, well, when I was an assistant, the first year I was here, um, he had opening for an assistant. Uh, I have known Mike, uh, Coach Quicko, for, God, since I was 10 years old. So, like, 35-plus years. How did you guys meet, if you don't mind my asking? He was a tennis teaching pro at the club that I started playing at about 10 years old. Okay, wow. So, uh, I have knew him through there. He was a fun guy. Um, so, I, I got to know him and, and know him fairly well and um he had an ice cream shop in north haven which you know just being in the area would stop by and had a lot of friends that worked there as well so uh we became really familiar with each other and really good friends at an early age and uh i you know throughout my whole life he's always he's always been there for me and when he asked uh you know for me to come in he really needs somebody he could rely on i you know it was it was uh i was happy to do it for him so that's it was it was coach quicko that got me here yeah so uh, i mean how, how did you personally start or, or when i guess when did you start picking up tennis I started playing. I was actually um, in my youth. I, I played two sports competitively. I played. Uh, I was. I was a competitive hockey player, and I played tennis. Okay. And um, hockey was actually my primary sport growing up until about fifteen, where my parents always wanted me to play an additional sport as well. So right. Um, and tennis came pretty easy to me, and and I was playing tournaments as well. Uh, and about fourteen, I met a, a coach that I worked with that um, really brought out uh, more of my tennis game. And I really started transitioning that 14, 15 year old towards more towards tennis and away from hockey, where I stopped playing. I think my junior year in, in high school of, of tennis, uh, hockey to concentrate right. on tennis. Hmm. Okay, I, I was a hockey kid growing yeah. up too. So still, uh, they they still let they let us out up on the on the big ice for intramurals too. I haven't so gotten there yet. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. But it's bad always, bad always knees now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Don't we all at this point? But yeah. Um, so I mean, uh, a pretty good rap sheet, especially at the beginning. Uh, you know, eleven wins first year as a head coach, uh, the most for the program since two thousand six, and then that second year, sixteen and eight, six and one in the MAC, and uh, reached the MAC championship for the first time in program history. So I mean, a lot of success right off the bat. What you know, what was working so well for those first couple years with the teams? Well, I think it was just the culture that we built. You know, um, uh, I, I was fortunate to inherit some great recruits in my first year, and, and uh, they wanted to work, and that's my style. You know, I, I just I just wanted to go to work, and w you know, we set a good culture. We had a lot of rebuilding that first year. First year was very difficult while I was an assistant, uh, and we were trying to rebuild and uh, rebuild a culture here, uh, a culture of winning and working hard, and and we'll see where we stand at the end. But, you know, I think with that attitude, um, the guys that I was fortunate to have early on and the recruiting has helped me to maintain that culture and, and bring in the right guys for this type of program. So what kind of guy are you looking for when you're recruiting players? You, you know, I'm, I'm looking after I'm looking for great tennis players, but I'm also looking for great students. I mean, at the end of the day, they're student athletes and, and we pride ourselves in the education that they're going to receive here. And I've been really fortunate to get some great students. And yeah, our team GPA has been up there, and I think one semester we had the highest men's GPA on campus. I think uh, last spring maybe, but we we um, we we put a 
a priority on that, but I also put an equal priority on athletics. So I'm looking for students that, you know, one, that I know are going to succeed in the classroom, two, that I know I can develop on the tennis court, and three, they're going to be a great asset to this community. So, yeah, um, considering, I mean, you know, not that tennis is still, it's still kind of a, I guess, a, I don't know if it's a growing sport is the right way, right way to put that uh, in it's America. It's a tough sport it's, in the it, Northeast. We'll, okay. we'll go with that. It's That's a tough fair, sport. Yeah. It's a tough sport in the Northeast. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Cause you know, it's freezing. I, I don't cold know. Right growing, the, growing's the greatest word. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> but I got you. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, what, you know, what is, what is an average, what does an average week look like for your team? Cause I know, I mean, last week you guys were out in California and we'll, we'll talk more about that, but what does an average week look like in terms of workouts and practices and, and things like that? Yeah. So we're, I mean, we're a full-time D1 program. So we, um, are you know held to the NCAA standard so we are on the court every day we work six days a week uh, tennis activity six days a week with one day off and um, Monday through Friday or Saturday if we're practicing we generally go for two two and a half hours of practice um, obviously if we're competing we're not practicing and on top of that they're going for three hours of strength and conditioning and we try to mix in a little individual work when the guys need it as well on top of that so, um, you know, we, we practice in the middle of the day, mostly from like 12 to 2 or 12.30 to 3 in that area. And, um, yeah, our workouts are early in the morning. But um, when we're competing, uh, the, the winter season from when we come back in January up until now while we're indoors, uh, it's, it's slightly condensed. We're still doing the same amount of days, but the time is uh, slightly uh, more condensed just due to indoor court time right of course but yeah we're we're at this point in time especially now that we're back from spring break it's it's just all on go so this year's squad particularly it's it's got a very interesting split of skill within the classes i mean uh freddie zaretsky who's been one of the probably the the better players to come through this program as a senior uh and then all the way down to the freshmen uh with alistair magley and alexa Marno. which i mean one of the things that you were talking actually that we were talking about in class yesterday was the impact that the freshmen on your roster have had already so i mean you know what have you seen from the the younger classes so far just that that same desire to work and compete and get better and and this class has been great you know we have four freshmen this year yeah all of them have been working really hard and um we had two of them been getting regular play in alistair and alexa but the other guys jack and brian have also got great opportunities and um made the most of it i mean brian picked up two really good wins while we we're out in california and, and showed that he's right there with everyone else so um, just the competitiveness, the the ability to work, compete, and and want to improve uh, has been really special. And it's fun when you have four guys. Right, you know, of course. Uh, it, yeah. it, it's you have four of them where they're feeding off each other. Because uh, if you look at our class, it's been quite interesting. Freddie's our only senior, and then I um, have three juniors, one sophomore, <laughs> and then the four freshmen. So you know, it's kind of a we're a little unbalanced there at times. But um, yeah. I, every I, couple I enjoy, of years, yeah. you need that big class. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's been great because I think when you bring in so many and we already have an established lineup. Uh, it, it puts the emphasis on their and their work ethic and their ability to, to show what they can do to get time in the lineup and, and play time. On the other side, for the you know your your one senior and three juniors, what have you seen from them this year in terms of leadership for these younger guys? Uh, they've all stepped up. Yeah. Um, this team, more than teams I've had in the past, has really been kind of leadership by a group, um, and it's been as a coach, it's it's nice to see. Um, you know, Freddie's obviously uh, our top player and, and senior, but the juniors have also um, taken a great deal of ownership in, in this team and have helped Freddie with, with all the um, responsibilities of being that upperclassman. And, and to be honest with you, even Hilka as a sophomore has been so mature. And um, this group's been special. Right? Um, we really kind of 
all work together rather than uh, one person dictating or demanding it. So um, these guys get along great. This is one of the closest teams I've had. Oh, wow. Okay. They, they, they get along great for each other, and they really seem that they're in it for each other, and I think that's going to really help us come Mac time. So on, on paper, speaking of, of Mac time, uh, the trip that you took last week to California, the, the numbers – you know, they, 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 there's, they don't look, they don't look great on paper. Oh, five. You could say, I got it. Okay. There you go. But, but I mean, you know, aside from the and five, one of the first things that you said about the trip was that you saw a ton of growth from your team from the beginning of the trip to the end of the trip. Tell me about yeah, that. Yeah, I sure did. Yeah. I mean, we, we knew we had tough tasks. We played, um, five schools, uh, on four days. One day we played back-to-back matches yeah. with Purdue and university of California, San Diego. So we knew going out there was a tough task. We knew the, the teams we were going to play were all quality teams. Uh, and, and we knew we hadn't had much outdoor practice. So our goal and, and, and my mission to the guys was every time we step on the court, let's get better. And I really believe we did that. The overall score, uh, scores in the matches were close. Every match we were in, I felt we really weren't out of every uh, any of the matches. Uh, you know, So for going 0-5, I, I to be honest with you, I was pretty happy because I feel like it put us in a, in a good position to compete for that MAC championship, and that's what we play for. Uh, our non-conference schedule is brutal, and, and, and I do it every year. Yeah, it's um, by design. It's because you know we're, we're chasing a team in Monmouth that's been so loaded for the last three, four, five years that we need to have this level of, of experience and uh, see how we can stack up against it to give us our best chance in the MAC. So we knew what we were up for. The guys came back in great spirits. Uh, individually, like I, I think I mentioned to you earlier, they all improved. We, everybody w- that went out there and played got better. We're coming back much better for this trip than when we went out there, and I think we put us in a good position. But it had been nice to pick up a win, but um, you know, at, at the end of the day, my goal was to get us better, and I really feel like we have accomplished that, and I'm excited about getting going in MAC play. So based on the non-conference schedule, what are your expectations for MAC play this year? You know, uh, I feel like we're there. Uh, I feel like we, if this team continues, you know, we have to continue to play and grow as we have. We're, we're not there yet, but we're, we're on our way. And um, I, I feel if we can do that, we give ourselves a great chance um, in the regular season to come out with a top seed uh, and in conference championship time. I'm, I mean, we, we know how good Monmouth is, but this team is hungry. And this team really is in it for each other. So I like our chances. I, I you know, um, we're going to give it the best shot. I feel like we're, we're putting ourselves in the best position possible and we're improving every time we take the court. So I look forward to it. One of the last things that I, that I wanted to ask you now, you, before coming to Quinnipiac, you, you had a background in um, coaching younger players, right? Right. Um, or, you know, around in different places in Connecticut. I think North Haven was one of the one I of worked the at a junior development for high performance. Right. Okay. So I guess I guess the, the development that or the, the, the changing and developing of, of younger tennis players, do you see mo- have you seen more players during your time coaching coaching young kids mm-hmm. coming in and is there a, a change to the, the training that they're receiving? Is there is are they getting better coaching now that they did in the past? Something kinda like that. Yeah, I think it, it really depends. Uh you know, we're fortunate to pull our recruits from all over the United States and all over, you know, internationally as well. So we, right. you know, uh, I really think the kids that have more of an academy background have really, um, yeah, have got some great coaching. But I think that could be accomplished anywhere. Yeah. I, I really believe it's really noticing that talent early, uh, focusing on the sport, um, and and getting the opportunity to compete at a younger age to see where you need to develop. Uh, the 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 juniors that are transferring into college. 
um, are a little bit more matched up. There's more opportunities out there. They're getting more opportunities to play, uh, especially as if you go back to when I was a junior. So it's um, I do think that they're they're coming in um, more advanced, especially from a skill set point of view. But the one thing you can't replace is playing for a team. So when these guys are playing in in juniors, some play high school tennis, some do not, but they're playing a lot of individual tournaments. So it's really that transition for playing for each other, playing for the name on your chest rather than the name on your back. So um, that's really one of the, the key fundamental transitions we try to work on as they come in. But uh, I do think that they're they're in a better position each year as they get here. Okay, so the, there's there's less focus on the skill when they come in and more just it's on, more on, on the competing. On and, and, yeah, okay. and, and, you know, we play in some tough conditions. Yeah, We're yeah. We play in tough conditions in the fall. We play indoor during the winter, and we play – in you know tough conditions in the spring and they all have their different challenges so it's really about being mentally tough and, and having that energy to go out there and compete what we want is guys that go out there and compete for every point and if you're you may not have it on a given day but if you're going out there and and, and really competing and busting at the guys here left and right if you're going to draw energy from that and it's something we try to focus on there you go uh, so typically we ask three questions at the end. These are the, these are the real thinkers, the more personal ones. Uh, cause I know you can sure. talk tennis all day, but, uh, the first one, if you could live anywhere in the world that is not Hanford, Connecticut, where would it be and why? Aruba. Really? Yeah. Okay. Ben, Ben before I'm yes. assuming. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Small Island, uh, gorgeous weather, nice beaches. And everyone seems so happy all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'd be lovely tennis weather a lot, yeah, a lot of time yeah. of the year. Uh, the next one, if you could have dinner with one person, either alive or deceased, who would it be and why? Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. Um, We've had people from people from the respective sport, former presidents. I, 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 I would go with President Kennedy. Interesting. Okay. I actually, I said the same thing in a class of mine first semester. Yeah, I think Why? I would go, well, one, I'm interested in politics and the development of our country during that period in time. But if it was a private dinner, I have so many questions about his personal life that I'd love to ask. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, you just, just phrase it, Marilyn Monroe, thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and um, others. So, yeah, that, that's I, a great I think, one. I think both from a personal and uh, a political standpoint, he'd be a really interesting conversation to have. Yeah. I'm sure there are others, but that's really the first one pops into my head. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I, and because I, I was taking a, I think it was a political communi communication class where we were getting asked that question, and I said President Kennedy, and I would just love to know. I mean, you know, what were her his plans for space exploration, and and just where did he see the country by the end? Right, of Right, it was time, such but. a key developmental time. Right, so you know, yeah. there's so much transition. So I, yeah. I think. I think that'd be a great conversation. To have. What, what does he think of the United States in 2019? Yeah, I'm right. sure that would go on for a while. But um, and the last one, uh, you're on death row. What is your final meal, dinner, drink and dessert? Hmm. Dinner, I think I'm going with uh, a surf and turf. And if I can't have them both, I'm getting the lobster. OK, so, uh, yeah, um, uh, Dessert, I'm not really a big dessert person, but I would probably have to indulge in the richest piece of chocolate cake I could find. <laughs> yep. So, Absolutely. Uh, anything to wash it down? Yeah, I'd, I'd pray if I'm going down, I'd probably have a have beer right there with me. <laughs> <laughs> or two. Make it, a little, yeah, make it a little easier going down at the end. Well, Coach, thank you so much for joining me I today, and uh, best of luck owning the Mac play. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> 
Thanks so much to Chris Pappas. And now here are the pre and post shows from the Women's Basketball Selection Show. And good evening, everybody. Welcome to the People's United Center Lender Court here in Hamden, Connecticut. We're here on Quinnipiac Athletics on Facebook for the Quinnipiac Selection Pre-Show. He's Matt McAuliffe. I'm Dan Ball. Thanks so much for making us a part of your Monday night here. And Matt McAuliffe, for college sports fans, it's the best time of year. It is. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's, <laughs> it's March Madness. It's that time where there's angst because you don't know where your team's going and there's excitement. And like Trish Fabry said, this never gets old. Coach Trisha Fabry said this never gets old and couldn't agree with her more. So uh, due to circumstances earlier in the day that were beyond everybody's control, we did find out some information about where the Bobcats are going to be. We're going to be back talking to players and coaches after they redo the uh, replay of the selection show in about 10 minutes. But we can give you some information now. The Bobcats are the number 11 seed. They're headed to Syracuse, New York. They will do battle with number six, South Dakota State. The Jackrabbits, as they're called, they're number six. Uh, the number three seed, Syracuse Orange, they're also the host of that particular bracket. And the other team there is number 14, Fordham. So the Bobcats have had appearances in the NCAA tournament in 2013 and 15, and then three straight seasons. So this team really, since leaving the NEC, coming into the MAC, they found that tournament success that we talked about about a week ago, and they've continued it into the NCAA tournament. Now, I think this is going to help them as an 11 seed. Now, seeding for this team means nothing. Right. And we've seen that because they're, they were a 12 seed and made it to the Sweet 16. So once they get a taste of that national tournament, once that senior class has, it, it can open up wonders. And I think despite the 11 seed, you shouldn't sleep on this Quinnipiac team. They could win the first round, and if they're matched up, if the matchup leads to an upset on the other side of the bracket, they could win the second round too. And Matt, that's something that we've seen over the last couple of years, three and two in the tournament over the last two years. As you can hear everything going on behind us. So the uh, the selection watch party is going on behind us. That's what's going to take place at seven o'clock. We're going to watch the uh, watch the video. I believe it's, it's starting relatively soon. So the Bobcats three and two in the tournament over the last couple of seasons. Uh, they were the 13 seed back in 2013, the 12 seed, in 2015, the 12 seed in 2017, and then the nine seed last right, year. So they right. kind of bounced around. But, Matt, like you said, uh, a couple of years ago, they made it to the Sweet 16 our freshman year back in 2017, uh, a win over number five Marquette and number four Miami to get them to play South Carolina in the Sweet 16. So it really is something where you never know what could happen. Exactly, and especially a team like South Dakota State. They're not playing MAC basketball. Right. They have no idea what this Quinnipiac team is about which is another dangerous thing because Trish Fabry is some of like one of the best coaches in the country with making halftime adjustments. So if she can do that against these Jackrabbits, it's a dangerous matchup. And Matt, both of us were at the MAC tournament. We saw this team play and you can go down the list of players that got action in that MAC tournament. This team is hitting their stride right at the right time. I, exactly. And, and the thing about the senior class too, is they were hungry. Yeah. They are, there was no way they were losing that conference championship game. And they really want this. And they want to go out and leave a mark as Bobcats. They want to make their paw print as a Bobcat <laughs> yep, yep. In, in their class and on this program. So one of the players that we talked a lot about, uh, both in the content they were, we were putting out for Twitter and then in the post show, was Paula Stratmanet. She right. has the size advantage in that starting five in the starting lineup typically for the Bobcats. And when you get up against these teams, especially from the Midwest, I mean, looking at some of the statistics – 11 of the 14 players on the South Dakota State roster are 5'10 and over. 
So right. they have the size advantage, but a player like Paula Troutman is going to be very important for this tournament. It's going to be very important to kind of create space on the court. If you feed her the ball and eyes go to her, yeah. it could open up anything from beyond the arc. And we know that Quinnipiac loves to shoot threes. So if they could give it to Paula. It's something about the People's United know, Center. I, know, I don't know, I know what I know. it is. So if they could give the basketball to Paula, divert the defense's eyes to Paula to try and stop them in the paint and get a couple kickout points, it, it could be a good offensive strategy. So some numbers for South Dakota State for you quickly before we, be we begin. Uh, they've made the national tournament every year since, uh, since 2019 with the exception of the 2014 and 17 season. So they have a track record of being excellent in their league. They finished first in the Summit League and won their uh, conference tournament. They averaged exactly 80 points per game this year. Uh, they were second in the league with 62.5 points against per game, third in the league with a 37% three-point percentage also led the league in assists so it's interesting because this team is very big but they also like to shoot the three right and then comes into the question of rebounding can you get the offensive rebounds can you prevent those offensive rebounds which is going to be a big factor in this game right this is a team that is no joke under the hoop like you said 11 out of 12 players 5 10 and over no joke under the hoop so they have to be able to box out and get those rebounds and control ball possession if you have ball possession, if you have the basketball, it's not going in the opponent's, like, the opponent's team can't right. score it if they don't. An interesting thing about all three of these teams, with the exception of Syracuse, who's hosting this tournament, South Dakota State comes into this game having won 16 straight games. Fordham comes in having won 12 in a row. And the Bobcats, of course, have won 21 in a row. So uh, we have a, a couple of very big streaks coming into this tournament. So those are three teams aside from Syracuse that have been on fire recently. So it just adds to that narrative of you never really know what can happen, and especially the case for the Bobcats there. So it looks like we're just about getting ready to start the area of the selection show. But in the meantime, these are two teams, like we said, that are going to be in the Bobcats bracket, aside from South Dakota State, who they're playing. The number three seed, Syracuse Orange. Uh, they came in. They come into the year 24-8. and eight. They were 11-5 and five in conference. They finished fifth in the ACC, which, of course, is one of the best conferences in basketball. Best conference in basketball. They are so successful, but it's also a really dangerous place to play right. if you're playing the Orange. Yeah. Because this place can get loud. It's a perfectly sized dome. The acoustics in that dome, it's going to be <laughs> rocking. So, in my opinion, Dan, this part of the tournament, this section of the tournament where they're hosting, it should be theirs to lose. This is a dominant team, an ACC team who needs to show that they belong and that they want to move on to these further rounds. And as a three seed, I could see them at Sweet 16. Elite Eight's going to be a challenge. Syracuse has been in the tournament every year since 2013. Uh, they lost in the national championship game in 2016 to UConn. So, I mean, back when right. the 111-game streak was going on for the Huskies, they met them right in the middle of that. But uh, the other team coming in is the Fordham Rams. They're the number 14 seed. So Fordham and Syracuse will do battle on the other side of that bracket. 25-8 and eight this year, 13-3 and three in conference. They've won 12 in a row. They finished tied for first in the Atlantic 10 and beat Virginia Commonwealth to win the A-10 tourney. So again, South Dakota State, that's who the Bobcats are playing. They were 26-6 and on the year and 15-1 and in conference. So you're seeing a similar team in South Dakota State for the Bobcats that they know what it's like to win games. They know what it's like to win games, but they're very similar in the Bobcats as it's not ACC basketball. Yeah. So that's why I love this matchup. An yeah. 11 seed versus 6 seed, small town basketball, mid-major basketball, I'm for this matchup, yeah. and I think it lands in the Bobcats' favor a little bit 
because they're going to be easier to easier to look at. They may have similar offensive schemes. That's good to watch for. Fun. So uh, that's those are the four teams that are going to be playing against the Bobcats. And again, Quinnipiac this year, if you're kind of new to the team, which some people are, we, right, we had right. a lot of new yeah. fans come on the bandwagon during that, that Mac push, so to speak. Get on now. That, you know right, I mean? yeah, yeah, you might as well. You still can. The Bobcats 26 uh, or 18 and 0, excuse me, in conference. They've won 21 in a row. 65.3 points per game this year. That was second in the Mac. Only 50.5 points against per game. That's one of the things that we've harped on on the podcast every week. Their turnover margin continues to be top five in the country. This team puts the kind of pressure on defense on teams that they really wouldn't expect coming into a national tournament game. Defense wins championships, <laughs> and the team behind us has a championship for that reason. Yeah, They shut down points in the paint, and when teams live and die by the three, they don't do well against the Bobcats right. because they shut down points in the paint, and you can't live from beyond the arc all night. And one of the things that we saw uh, in the championship game for the Mac is that the Bobcats left the first quarter trailing by two to Marist. But we talked to some of the players after the game, and they knew that they had just gotten the best punch from Marist. So that's one of the things that I think that we're probably going to watch out for a tournament game is, okay, these other teams that they don't know, they're going to give them the first punch, but it's how the Bobcats respond. That's the biggest thing. Right. I'm going to be able to know what this team's best punch is because they're not an in-conference team. But once you find it, once you get a feel for it, that's when you have to attack and don't stop attacking. And that's when the scouting becomes so big. And that exactly. was one of the things Coach Fabry was talking about. So that being said, we're getting started behind us right now with the NCAA Women's Basketball Selection Show. We're going to be right back here on Facebook Live after the show, interviewing coaches and players, talking about the matchups that we just broke down. So thank you again so much for watching. We'll see you in eh, about 20 minutes, half an hour, a little yeah. bit more than that. Yeah. Stay tuned to Facebook Live, and we'll be back after the show. Welcome back, People's United Center, Hampton, Connecticut. Is It is the uh, Quinnipiac Selection post-show. Dan Ball, Matt McAuliffe, we're here with senior Adele Thornton. Adele, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Can't complain. We got our. We finally got our rally towels, and, yeah. and uh, yeah. we made sure that we were both waving them proudly <laughs> when the announcement was made. But yep. Yep. you find out the announcement, the team is headed to Syracuse for the NCAA yes. tournament. I mean, your your first reaction headed to Syracuse and the, the teams that you're going to see. I think it's a good matchup for us, the bracket. It's good. I think we got good teams that – we could potentially beat, so I think initially it was pretty good, like all around. Yeah. And I was saying that in the pre I was saying that in the pre-show. You have two mid-major teams here, mm -hmm. as well as Quinnipiac being a mid-major. So mm -hmm. this is a good balance. You get the big ACC with Syracuse. You get that yeah. big dog, but you also have three mid-majors, which is a good draw for these Bobcats. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, the matchup that you're going to have first round is South Dakota State. Obviously, haven't haven't played them yet this year, but uh, they also finished first in their league, mm -hmm. 26 and six, and they've won 16 in a row. Yeah. So, I mean, they have they have similar numbers in terms of winning streaks and a team that knows how to win. So, you know, going in, what's the what's the thought process against a team like that? Um, obviously, they know how to win as well, and I know everyone that gets this point has won a lot of games in a, either in a row or like throughout the season. So, obviously, we know that the teams are going to play are really good. Like, everybody that's in this tournament is really good. But I think um, Coach mentioned earlier they kind of run the same style as Marist. So hopefully we can play the same way we did against Marist <laughs> right. and come out with a win. So I think once we can focus on ourselves, which we did this week, it could be very good for us. I think you bring up a good point. Like, yes, this team is conference champions, but you're facing 64 mm -hmm. teams that were Correct. in yeah. or won their conference. Mm -hmm. And, I, I, again, it's a, it's a good test of skill but I like this draw. I, yeah. I can't get over this draw. <laughs> oh, I know. It's good. 
So uh, what does the next couple of days look like for you guys in terms of preparation? Um, so tomorrow we're just going to take the floor for an hour and okay. then we're going to get in with Coach B for a lift and some cardio. But um, I think we plan on leaving on Wednesday. Okay. We're not sure right now like in terms of when, but we will practice every day until then. Yeah. Like it'll be full practice the whole time. So I think my question comes in, where's the film come in? Where does watching this team and studying oh. this team come in? Because it is a new squad that you haven't mm. seen. Um, I think the coaches, they're going to watch some tonight and tomorrow, and then they'll probably have us in Thursday morning or potentially where however we travel, we'll probably watch something while we do. Right. Okay. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But, All right. Was there any, yeah. any disappointment not going somewhere a little bit warmer in the middle of March? There was initially, <laughs> and then I saw the matchups that we could have. <laughs> right. and, and then like, you're like, oh, you, got, you find that fine. balance. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. my dad wants to come as well, so it makes the flight easier for him because it's closer. Oh, wow, he's, so he's, fine. he's hopping the pond. He for, is. Okay, yes. wow. That's... He's brought luck the past few years, so, you know, sure. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Adele, thank you so much for, for taking the time. And uh, shameless plug, if you're listening to WQAQ at 8 o'clock, right. Adele's going to be with myself and Matt McAuliffe in a little bit whenever, yeah. whenever the show wraps From up. From the bleachers. But that's right. Adele, bleachers. thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Adele. So again, we're continuing on here with our, our post show from the People's United Center. If you're just joining us, the Bobcats have the... Oh my God! Doing uh, we're, we'll we'll have some more some more players and coaches rotating through. But if you're just joining us, the Bobcats get the number 11 seed. They're headed to Syracuse, New York. They'll battle the number six seed, South Dakota State, on I believe it said Saturday morning. That's when the the right. tournament will Saturday, start. Saturday 11 a.m. That's right. So a uh, nice early start for the Bobcats and for the Bobcats media. Uh, number three Syracuse and number 14 Fordham of the other two teams in the bracket. So, again, we broke this down, and you hear it from Adele Thornton herself, Matt. She likes this bracket matchup. I don't see how you can't. <laughs> I mean, you're a mid-major school, and you, and you kind of you kind of sitting there anxious. Oh, I wonder if we get a Big East. I wonder if we get an ACC. I wonder if we get a Big 12, Big 10. Like, there are some conferences out there where it's like, I don't want to mess with them. Right. But the Fordham draw, the South Dakota State draw, and now a Syracuse team, which isn't as offensively strong, Definitely past. not the national champion right. caliber that we saw a couple years right. ago. Right, right. They're different. Yeah. And they might have a little bit of a confidence shake. So this draw, man, could be dangerous. Right. And for a team that's already touched the Sweet 16, let's see. And that, that senior group that has touched the Sweet 16, and, you know, we talked to Which Adele, and, and we've talked to her before, and, and she's a huge part of that. But being able to have five people in the room that can say – you know, we've been there before. We know what it's like to win. Speaking of knowing what it's like to win. Taylor Hurd. The sixth player of the year <laughs> in the MAC joins us. Taylor Hurd, how are yeah. you? Good people, good. How are you? <laughs> yeah. Is that stuck? Oh, it's stuck on the yeah. bottom. Yeah. So we have our, our nice kind of remote setup right here at the People's United we Center. We just uh, talking about the draw. I'm digging the draw. Like I'm it. digging it. You I'm like digging it. it. Initial reactions for you. Headed yeah. to Syracuse and then the first game against South Dakota State. I love it. Syracuse cold well, yeah, that's what we were saying with Adele like <laughs> yeah, yeah. like at first you're like oh Syracuse and then you see the matchup and you're like oh yeah, yeah. yeah. there's some concessions that right. you can make but yeah so yeah. what are your thoughts and I like like uh with how many people came out to our uh Albany like the tournament yeah I mean I think we'll get some fans so it'll be cool to have some people in the stands that's what I'm looking at for the Syracuse location yeah. um right wish it was warmer but yeah and then I like our matchup and I like um the whole Syracuse story that maybe they were thinking of when they chose the bracket Yes, and I, I was saying to Dan, this is a Syracuse team that offensively isn't as strong as we've seen from that national championship run that they had. Mm -hmm. So that just plays to the draw even more. Yeah. And, and we were talking about the seniors who have touched a Sweet 16. Mm -hmm. 
why not? Why not again? Yeah. What have you seen from that senior group? Uh, uh, how have they helped you kind of through some of the championship runs that you've seen in your time here? Um, I think it's just staying consistent, like as consistent as they are as a class and as individual players. Um, they're always like working the hardest, always um, have the same energy, like you know what to expect from them. And I think that's been the greatest like blessing for the underclassmen to look at is just um, that level of consistency. Okay. Uh, and I mean, you know, we had a lovely uh, viewing party here right behind you. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, uh, it's awesome to see some of the local community coming out and, and supporting you guys for something like this. So I see you have a pen in your hand. Were you able to kind of meet any of the, the yeah, younger fans uh, a couple minutes ago? Yeah, yeah, I was. And a lot of them are campers. So it's nice to see their faces. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, some, okay. some returning faces that you may recognize. Yep. And asking okay. if they're coming out to the camp. So it's just cool to see them follow us throughout the entire season. Yeah. Um, even in the postseason. And there was some girls coming from from soccer practice so oh wow of all sports um so it's awesome it's yeah. awesome to see them so we were even talking to adele about like the schedule yeah. coming up it, uh, it's going to be practice it's going to be film what's going to be the most important part for you because you've touched the tournament what are you going to focus on specifically in practice this week I think it's focusing on us, which was nice. Like, we've gotten to do that over the past few days without knowing who we're going to play. We get to focus on our offense, like, um, executing our plays, um, our chemistry. So I think just focusing on us as compared to who we're playing will really give us the best bet. Um, just because, I mean, it's not a team that you see, like, or you're scouting right. for as long it's gonna as. It's going to be – film is going to be very important to kind of get yeah. their offensive scheme because the def your defense letting up, what, 50, 50 points a game. Yeah. Defense wins championships – yeah. Film's going to be important. Yeah, we'll only get to see, like, so much of them. And, I mean, as uh, we have a short amount of time to scout as many games as possible, so I think it's just focusing on us and making sure that we can do as much as we can on our end. Focusing on us. That's all you That's can it. really do at a, at a point. Well, Taylor, thank you so much Thanks, for joining Taylor. us. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having and, uh, me. And I think there's a couple more younger yeah. fans who want to go one-on-one -on -one with you. So <laughs> go, go, go take care of that. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Taylor. Thanks, Taylor. Taylor Heard joining us. It's the uh, post-selection show here on Facebook Live. He's Matt McAuliffe. I'm Dan Ball. Again, if you're just joining us, the Bobcats, the number 11 seed. Feeling good. Feeling good. Feeling good. Matt McAuliffe, our analyst, you yeah. are feeling good about this matchup the same way a couple of the players have. Yeah, I'm feeling good. Yeah. I mean, a South Dakota State team, and we were talking about film, Yeah. they don't know us as much as we don't know them. Yeah. And that's why I like this matchup, especially in March, man. <laughs> Anything can go down. Right. Anything. No, yeah, and I think that's the best part. So we saw all of the uh, – For all we know, Paula could lay a dunk. There, I, yeah, I we're, we're, we're not ruling yeah. anything out. But I don't know. We saw the rest of the seeds being uh, being unveiled. Louisville gets the number one overall seed. Uh, the UConn Huskies get the number two seed. You can check all the rest of that out now on uh, ESPN, the yep. NCAA.com website. Yep. Uh, so, again, you know, the Bobcats get uh, South Dakota State on Saturday morning. The other side of the bracket is the Syracuse Orange and the Fordham Rams. South Dakota State <laughs> coming from the Summit League, uh, while the Syracuse Orange – coming from the ACC and Fordham. She's on her way, Dan. the Atlantic 10. Brittany Martin. Uh, hello. Brittany Martin, how are you? Fantastic. How are Facebook you guys? Facebook Live? Facebook Live? Facebook, hello. <laughs> so, uh, on. Brittany, we'll ask you the same question that we asked a couple of your teammates. Just that your is. your initial reaction heading to Syracuse in your first match with South Dakota I'm State. It. I'm digging it. I am. <laughs> I mean, obviously, 
everyone wants to go somewhere warm. Come on, you want to oh, get on a flight? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Go yep. somewhere nice. Sure. But I mean, yeah. We saw College Station and some of the, the projections going down to Texas. Yeah, yeah, wouldn't, but, wouldn't hate that. It, it builds character. There. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, you weather the storm, yeah. you know? Yeah. I got some yeah. family up there. My grandpa will be able to see him. Oh, good. Monty gets to go home, good. so it's nice. Yeah. Yeah, not too bad. South Dakota State, the matchup, they're the number six seed. They won uh, the Summit League. They come in winning 16 in a row. So, I mean, a team that also knows how to win, but, you know, What's the what's your team's mindset heading into a team that you haven't seen yet this year? Um, the same as going into any non-conference game. You go in giving your best. We know they're going to give us their best punch, so we got to do the same with them. Right. Bring our best game. How important are those non-conference games at the beginning of the year to kind of get you ready for tournament time? Uh, they're very important, especially when it comes to seeding in the tournament because yeah. it goes by strength of schedule. So, I mean, if you're not playing, like, or even if you're losing a lot of games in the beginning, it doesn't really help with your seating in the end. Right, right. So how important is it from you guys, because you like to shoot behind the arc, how important is it to get those shots to fall and to get offensive rebounds? Oh, yeah, definitely. We have to get offensive rebounds because we need those second-chance points. One thing about us is that we like to get more possessions than the team we're playing. Um, but definitely getting that extra point from a three is very nice. So is the strategy going to be similar to the UConn one last year? As long as we have the ball, they can't score? Or is it going to be attack mode? Come on, I can't reveal that Yeah, strategy. that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. I'm going to assume, let's say, attack mode. Yeah. Or even a little bit of both. Yeah. Keep everybody off guard. Got to keep you on your toes. <laughs> I like that. I like that. How important are the next couple of days? I mean, because I know you'll, you'll get back to practice tomorrow. But, I mean, you know, what does the next couple of days look like for your team? Uh, now that we finally know who we're playing, yes, right. like Coach said, they'll get together, figure out who's going to do the scout. We'll get in, watch some film, go over it on the floor, then head off to Syracuse. That's it. It's like, a, it's like nothing changed. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's like, it's like the MAC tournament, like off, out of conference, in conference games. I, and I think that's a confidence thing, too. That's a, uh, that's a like we've been here before, which yeah. I like. I'll, get, I'll give you a layup to end it. How high can this? Brick. How <laughs> hope I don't brick. How high can this Quinnipiac basketball team fly? Ah, oh, to the top. Come on. I. Yeah. Come on. It's March. I wanted it's to March. see the confidence. Yeah, anything it's could March. happen in March. Yeah. Sky's the limit. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much and for joining us. You've thank had you a, you've, me. you've had a taste of that sweet sixteen. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what it's like. Trying to get a little more, you know, <laughs> some more dry shampoo. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Don't do. I. I don't know. No, it's totally I, fine. I don't use dry shampoo either. I'm one of the losers who does like shampoo and conditioner in one bottle. Uh, but like, oh, I do the same thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I give it to my friends and I just get regular <laughs> shampoo, but I do shampoo and conditioner. I'm not a Her hair's way better than mine anyway. That's it's true. Yeah, we got we got nothing on. <laughs> Come on. Sweet 16. Let's 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 ride. Let's ride. Yeah. Let's, let's do, do it, it again. Awesome. Elite Thank, eight. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> oh, oh. Champions. We'll see. Yeah, we, <laughs> see, there's some like there's that. four nice trophies down there on the floor, but yeah. I feel like there's a, yeah. there's another spot for, for we can try and move some banners exactly. around. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Yeah. Slide some of those over. Yeah, you know, that's a summer flag. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a <laughs> summer on. project. We'll hang it somewhere else. <laughs> we'll bring it out for games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someone will carry it. Perfect. <laughs> All right, Brittany. Thank hey, you so thank much you. for joining us. Good luck. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course, of course. always. So we continue on here, the uh, the post-selection show. He's Matt McAuliffe. I'm Dan Ball. That was Brittany Martin. We've talked to Taylor Hurd, Adele Thornton. Matt, I think, uh, you know, we're, we're right around 8 yeah. o'clock right now. So uh, I think uh, kind of starting with some final thoughts here. We know the bracket. We know what the Bobcats are going. And, and I think your final thought on this entire thing is you're confident in the Bobcats right now. My final thought is regardless of what you think about mid-major basketball schools. Yeah. 
throw that out the window with this matchup. <laughs> South Dakota State is in the same boat as Quinnipiac. Right. And when it comes down to grittiness and who wants it more, the Bobcats usually come out on top with that category. So this is going to be a really fun march for this squad. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, everybody. Uh, make sure that you stay tuned on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook for all of the content that we're going to be putting out as we head up to Syracuse with the team. So we're going to be doing pregame, intermission, postgame videos, everything like that. So you can find it all across the Quinnipiac women's basketball social media platforms. He's Matt McAuliffe. I'm Dan Ball. We'll see you next time right here on Quinnipiac Athletics. Good night. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast, everybody. That's going to do it for us. Make sure you go online to QuinnipiacBobcats.com. You can get all your roster stats, scores, merch, tickets, anything you may need can be found right there on QuinnipiacBobcats.com. Make sure you follow all of these social media accounts. It is at QUathletics on Twitter and Instagram if you want to follow the main account. If you want to follow the men's tennis team, and of course we recommend that you do, it is at QU underscore M. T-E-N, so M10 on Twitter. Also, if you want to follow the women's basketball account, it is at QU underscore WBB. I would recommend following both of those accounts on accounts on Twitter and Instagram because you'll get a lot of Dan Ball and Matt McCall of content when we are in Syracuse. And of course, who doesn't want to see more of that? Yeah, I know. I know. If they want to see our faces, they'll see a lot of it this weekend. That's right. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a review and a rating. We would really appreciate it. Help us grow. Share us on your Twitter Instagram, Facebook feeds, whatever. Make sure that we are growing the brand. We would really appreciate that. And lastly, Matt McCall, if we do it every week, I want to make sure that it didn't change. So if people want to follow you, how can they? It didn't. And McCall of seven. And I am at Dan Ball, B-A-H-L. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. theme song of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast is Wire and Flashing Lights by Professor Click.